Hey there, welcome back everybody to Principles Based Business with myself, Guillermo, and today I have Paul Santucci uh, from Boston, right Paul? That is correct. Just I'm actually right north of Boston, but we call it the Boston area. There you go. So um, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your real estate company. And, you know, the first thing I always like to ask people is what drew you to real estate? How'd you get started? All that good stuff. Uh, I kind of tripped over it. Uh, I'm, I've always been in the you know, kind of a creative guy. I've, you know, went to film school, art school, did all of that. Um, it just loved to create stuff and never really wanted to be a salesperson at all. It kind of where I was growing up, I grew up very blue collar. It was kind of a dirty word. It was, you know, people who would sell you something that you didn't need, right? I think it's the old kind of old fashioned, uh, you know, knocking on your door, vacuum cleaner salesman, or just kind of walking into a store and you get like the heebie-jeebies from somebody who's like, oh, this is kind of gross and sleazy. Um, so I never was something that I aspired to, but creating things and realizing, okay, now we have a whole digital world and we're talking just around the cusp of 2000. Uh, when the internet started to really take off and things like that, I became a digital creator and website designer. Um, and I really got into that kind of marketing and I loved it. And then I got into real estate marketing. I became a real estate marketer. And then someone said, hey, would you like to get your real estate license? I said, sure, uh, because I like the fact that real estate agents seem to, uh, you know, have a lot of um, flexibility. And I like that. I don't like sitting behind a desk. So I kind of married both worlds of marketing, digital creation. And then I love the sales aspect of it. I loved helping people. I love learning more about the industry. Uh, I think it's a fantastic investment, especially in the Boston area. Um, and then that's pretty much how I got into it. So basically it was about 20 years ago. Wow. That's, that's awesome. You, um, you kind of, you kind of came in with an advantage. Um, I think that most people, you know, for the bit, for the major part, you know, they get taught once they get into real estate, it's like, it's all about being a salesperson, but you came in understanding marketing. How did that, how did that position you differently? Do you feel when you first got started and how you looked at things and how you set up your business? Well, the good thing was I had a very forward thinking broker when I first joined. And back then, when you could actually be top of Google searches before Zillow came along and Realtor came along, you would actually pay to play. And we've been able to place ourselves through SEO to be the top, let's say, Boston uh, you know, real estate firm for condos or rentals or something like that. So it was really embraced by my first broker. Uh, and he was a go-getter. He was fantastic. Um, and you know, I think what helped me was the fact that I wasn't afraid of the technology that I kind of knew through a lot of agents, especially old school agents, they were afraid of the technology or they believed it wasn't something that was ever going to be necessary. Or how are you going to be able to automate this? How are you, you know, going to, this is all still about, you know, hard copy and, and things like that. No, it's all digital. So I was able to embrace it. I think that gave me the advantage. And of course, being able to create, especially being in film, I knew how to create a story and real estate really is story. Uh, real estate's about, you know, telling a story about a house, telling a story about someone's journey and telling a story about yourself when you're marketing yourself. That's huge, man. I, I love that. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I do a lot of business consulting and, you know, part of it is coming in and becoming somebody's entire marketing division. And, and that's like, I, I, you know, I'm a geek about that. I can't tell you how much, money I spend on books and courses and all that learning marketing and all the nuances and all that good stuff. So that's, that's amazing. I love that you, that you started with that. You mentioned that your broker was very forward thinking. Do you think that not enough 
emphasis or do you think it doesn't matter is put on who your broker is? Forget, yes. the, forget the company brand just as a person who your who your broker is. Yeah, I absolutely think. Well, first and foremost, you know, I, I know it doesn't really matter who you work for because you're marketing yourself, right? You are. I'm in Paul Santucci Incorporated. Now, my firm, True North Realty, my business partner, Marina, you know, we got together because we're very like minded. But let's just say you're starting out and you join, you know, XYZ company. Um, you're still marketing yourself. What you want to be able to do is pick yourself up and say, well, I need to move my business, uh, you know, a state away. Or let's say you want to get out of the, the burbs and move to the city. You should be able to kind of pick up yourself and market yourself and not rely on your broker for, you know, everything that they do for marketing. Now, it's never going to be seamless. But my point with that is, you know, you should have to be able to market yourself. Um, effectively, but it does matter who your broker is as far as the culture and the, you know, the, the kind of target demographic, obviously, that you are going to be after, you know, obviously don't work for a commercial firm if you're going to be a residential broker, but really it's the culture. Do you fit in well with them? What are their ideals? What is their, you know, their, their mission statement? Understand, you know, how they operate business, uh, obviously, you know, ethically and things like that, but you want to make sure it kind of aligns with the culture that you like. So your broker definitely makes a difference. But you also don't want to work for someone that's exactly like you because then you get caught into the, the rut of, oh, okay, well, I just want things to be exactly like, I don't want to be pushed. No, you need to be pushed and your broker should be more experienced than you and they should be sitting down with you and saying, yeah, you know, this is what you need to do to, to better yourself, become a more stronger salesperson and obviously, you know, be more successful. So you want to align yourself with a company or a broker who, you know, is going to help you, but also has kind of the same vision and uh, culture that, you, that you're interested in. That's awesome. I couldn't have put it better. Do you, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've seen has changed since when you got started 20 years ago to now in our industry? Obviously the technology, I think it's also what's changed to me is the amount of information that buyers have specifically before they actually uh, go out and see properties. You know, I, I, Zillow, Realtor, all these, you know, these firms and even my firm, that first thing you see is, you know, the gorgeous photo. So it's always been about that. But, you know, there used to be a time when my first house, I went around with the newspaper and I would look at that Realtor shorthand and there'd be no photos. It would just say hardwood floors, 3,200 square foot home in this town. And you would circle it and go drive around. And, you know, you had a map, you actually had a map in your hands and go drive around these things. So that's what's changed since I was in the industry. Um, but also the idea that it's so easy to make your own content now with your phone. I mean, in your hand is a marketing machine. We're all connected to these marketing machines, whether it's an iPhone or a Samsung or whatever you have. You have the ability to make things, even in the last three years, the technology that I've embraced has been extraordinary. It's been leaps and bounds about, you know, been seven years when I opened up my firm. So the technology, it's always changing. I think that's a huge benefit. And the best part about it is it's educating buyers. It's educating sellers. Uh, you know, they can see the data. They understand what's going on in the marketplace. They can see it firsthand and research, you know, in the comfort of their own home, not just rely on their agent as the only source of information. So would you say that we need to be, make sure that we're positioning ourselves as more of an interpreter of data for them? Yes. Absolutely. One of the things I'm a big, you know, 
I, I do a lot of marketing. And one of the things I don't do is just slap on days on market or four days on market, you know, or eight days on market and price was per foot is explain the data to people. Like they can get the data now. No one, you know, they, there's all these cookie cutter kind of, you know, uh, formats and, you know, graphs and things like that. And I see one company does it and the 14 agents that work with them put it on their Instagram page that same day. Explain the data. How are you helping if you're just giving people information that they could find on their own or nobody wants to do homework. So explain the data. Like I'm a big proponent of explaining things to me as if I were in kindergarten. Um, but yet I'm looking for a million dollar house. Nice. Yeah. What would you say that somebody that started in the business, say three to five years ago is missing from not being able to have started 20 years ago. And what I mean is like, I would, like I tell my kids and so something the saying that I tell everybody, my consulting clients, it's like, I can't teach you how to, like, I can't teach you how to be, how to behave like you're starving if you've never been hungry. Right. So my kids will never have to go through what I went through growing up, which is that's that's what we want as parents. You know, but what would you say if there is if anything, is there anything that you would say that a, a 20 year veteran benefited from having to do certain things that somebody that just started three, five years ago may have missed out on and they can go back and kind of learn? Uh, I think it's really about relationships. I think one of the things that technology has kind of you know, been not so great out is forming relationships that are face to face. We have technology, which, you know, you get a lead and, you know, I, I can't blame consumers for not, you know, putting all their information in and calling up someone because they can do a lot of, you know, research on their own. And, you know, we call them tire kickers, which is a weird, you know, kind of term, but we say, okay, this is the lead that comes in. And, you know, someone's kind of sitting behind their screen. You don't know who they are. You don't know looking for. So when we met people, the people would actually have, you know, the phone was the first thing. There was no real texting. There was no emailing, you know, people of a lead or anything like that. So your first real conversation with someone was they would call you either on a listing or something where they would contact your real estate company. So you'd have at least a phone conversation, even if you weren't face to face. So now we kind of go back and forth with texting and things. It makes everything easier. I love to text. I'm a big proponent of landing the plane. Uh, I think we all kind of get into this situation where the phone rings and we all roll our eyes and we go, can't you just send me a text? However, <laughs> meeting people, that way they get to know you and you get to know them and you can sit down and have a conversation and then understand that you're on the same path because face-to-face -face is always going to be the best way to understand whether or not someone's valuable, whether or not someone is, you know, truthful, whether or not you actually get some kind of vibe off that person, or whether or not they are, you know, someone that you want to work with. Um, you know, there's all these signs and it's just, you know, human connection sometimes say, I trust this person. I want to work with this person. And it helped us as agents be able to explain things in a more you know concise manner uh and you know or just you know be able to give them more information nice yeah no i think that whole what do they, they what do they call it the belly to belly selling right yes um how would you say switching topics to the economy how would you say the economy right now is impacting our industry and how do you think it will in the next 12 to 18 months impact what's going on? Well, what I'm seeing is the, let's call it, you know, and I'm going to 
speak specifically about single families right now because I'm kind of in a northern suburban market. So we'll talk about the four or five towns that, you know, in my area that people will look into when they're looking for a home. We are very, very top heavy right now uh, in, you know, my town, the town north. So these two towns that I work in, you know, the average price for, to, of a home right now in those two towns is $1.3 million. And this is just, you know, your standard 3,000 square foot, you know, home. A lot of them are new construction and things like that. But just like four or five years ago, the average sale price of a home in, in my town was $750,000. So what we're seeing is the homes that are in that, you know, and I hate to use the term first time home buyer, but we'll call it, you know, a, you know, mid-range kind of house or average house, that $650,000 to $850,000 home in my market. Um, those are going quick. So because it's been low inventory, even though we've had high rates, we are still seeing those homes go under agreement in my two towns. The last two months has been 11 days to offer. Uh, it's the homes that are, you know, either new construction uh, or homes that are larger. That's kind of where they're really feeling people tighten their belts. The offers aren't coming in as quickly or, you know, they're not as competitive. Uh, the offers aren't as high, but in my market, you know, the last two months, the homes that actually went under agreement, it, you know, some, they were the average list price was seven fourteen. I think the average sale price was seven sixty for those homes. So even in the last two months, with high interest rates, you know, the fall, um, we still have seen homes go under agreement rather quickly and for over asking price on average. But that is a you know determined. That's determined by the fact that we've had low inventory for a while. And buyers still don't have a lot to choose from. So they're competitive on the homes where a lot of other people are competing. The higher end, there's not as much competition. That's why those homes either sit for a little while or they don't get offers as quickly or they're just not as competitive right out of the gates when they go on the market. Nice. And what, you know, I always ask at the end, but, you know, because you we were talking stats and stuff, what are the markets that you work? So, I'm you know, I, I basically help, people buy and sell north of Boston in the suburbs. Uh, the suburbs start pretty quick in Boston. You know, they right out of town, four or five miles, you start the burb. So my market is what I would call the 93-95 belt. It's a junction of two highways. So Reading is where I live. That's where my office is. My office is uh, North Reading, uh, Wakefield, Stoneham, Linfield, Woburn, uh, Tewksbury, Linfield, uh, and over places like that. That's pretty much my, you know, where I am hitting the streets every day, where I look at the data, where I help buyers. I will help further out if I can add value. If not, I'll refer to somebody else who wakes up in the middle of the night and you can poke them and say, hey, what's the price per square foot of an average home in this town? And they need to know that data cold. I know that data cold uh, for my markets. So if I can't add value, I won't, you know, I, I will usually refer business out to those, but that's pretty much my market right there. Nice. And do you guys have, is there, is there a season uh, to your market? Like, you know, is there, is it, you know, everybody, every market is different. You know, some have seasons, some are just, you know, slow and steady all year long. Is there a season to activity in your market? Well, for single family homes, which once again is, is really what I focus on for buyers and for sellers, it's going to be the spring. I, that hasn't changed probably in forever because People are going to, you know, want to move into a town, uh, especially if they're going to move into town that has, you know, a school district that they're interested in to get in, you know, quote unquote, before September or before August. So that way they can register for school 
And then if they're selling their house, it probably doesn't matter that much, but they understand that's where the buyers are going to, they're going to want their single family home uh, in my town. They're going to want to put it on the market where there's the most buyers and the most buyers are looking, you know, spring, spring to summer. Um, but right now I'm, my phone starts to ring pretty heavy on January 2nd because people feel like that's the beginning of the spring market. So it's really kind of, you know, six to eight months of a spring market, I would call it. Nice. What would you say it would be are going to be some of the challenges you think that the average real estate agent or broker might face in the next 12 to 18 months? It all depends when they got in the business. I think if someone got in the business just a couple of years ago and they weren't prepared to, you know, kind of find have these conditions that are a little bit tougher right now, you know, I when I went through, you know, the, the COVID situation. In, in my market, I think this is probably true for most of the markets. You know, we were slow for two or three months because you weren't allowed to leave your house and you didn't definitely weren't going to somebody else's house. So, you you know, we didn't have anything going on. Then. So who's going to buy real estate during then? You know, you can't even leave your own house. Um, so what then, you know, May, June, the kind of the doors got kicked in and we really had a, you know, a flurry of activity and people changed what they were going to where they were going to buy and all of that. So I think if people experience that as their kind of first boon and their first real, okay, this is really what it's like, you know, it's not really a, a good reflection of, you know, the market that's always going to be like that. Uh, you should be of the mindset that, you know, there, there's really no bad markets. It's just, you know, bad positioning of yourself. Um, that doesn't mean that just because, you know, you are in a market that's a little bit soft or, or something like that, you should always expect it to be as good as when it was out of COVID. No, but you need to have the skills. So I think the thing is, you know, I would just tell brokers and agents, hey, you have to have a lot of skills and you really have to understand people's needs. You have to be patient, uh, but there's no reason you can't create business even when you know, buyers are tightening their belts or sellers aren't selling their homes because they have nowhere to go. There's a way to create business. A lot of times in the last couple of years, things have kind of fallen into people's laps. It was more of a, a lead game, right? Who can get the most leads? I see people all the time saying, how do I get leads, 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 leads? Because if you get one, you're probably going to sell those people something. But now the leads are a little smaller. There's, you know, less buyers or less inventory. So the idea is, okay, how do you find those people? And it's a little different than things just falling into your lap. You really have to work at them. And then the second of all, when you do find them, you really have to guide them in the right way. It's not just, oh, we met for a weekend or two weekends and now you're going to buy a house. I'm done with these people. Nope. You actually have to work hard, understand their needs, uh, constantly add value. To the conversation and be able to be flexible uh, and then really you know do things that are going to help them because it is going to take a little longer now than it has in the past that's awesome i love i love the, your thinking and i completely agree for me and my companies you know we do more than just real estate but i i'm telling everybody it's you know we're switching into what i call a half <clears throat> a half to economy where the majority of people that are going to transact are going to people that have to you know, and in, in a regular market, you got both. You got the people that want to buy and sell, and the people that have to. I think that we're going to be more predominant into the ones that have to, because the ones that want to might be a little standoffish. Is there anything that you're doing to adapt? And you know, like as you're doing your business planning for next year, is there any, any changes that you and your company are making to prepare for what's coming or what's here? I think you know, generally organization and understanding and going back to okay 
you know, what did we do to get business when we first started? Like what my company became very successful quickly because we were very people focused and we were very, you know, we had kind of focused on a couple of small little niche markets. And then we really kind of jumped on those and we took over a couple of markets. We took over one specifically where we became, you know, the, the, uh, sell them, sold the most in this, you know, country club, uh, you know, condo, uh, area and we really really did well we focused on that and a lot of times it happens you start getting more successful you know the fruits of your tree start to bloom and then that fruit is a little bit further out you know and you, you bring that one in and then you kind of forget about the low hanging you know the other hanging fruit and things like that so what we're going to do as a company is we go back to the basics and i love it because it's people building it's communication it's communicating with your clients because the best thing you can do for your success is not just treat a client as a one-off. It is really about building a lifelong relationship. That way, they're the first person that they call when they need something real estate related. And they're the, you're the first person that's top of mind to give to someone else who's looking for a great service. So going back to, you know, you can create your own abundance by communicating with the people that you've already done business. You are, you know, you're, people talk about leads all the time. Your best lead generator, are the people that you've already worked for. So, and the best thing about that is it's such a good feeling. You create relationships with people. They trusted you. You helped them probably buy the most expensive thing or sell the most expensive thing they ever have in their life. So they put trust in you. So you did a great job, you know, let that happen. So that's one of the things that we're really focused on is kind of getting back to basics uh, because it was a flurry of activity. It was so much going on that, you know, uh, sometimes you just stop, you know, the things that you were doing, you just don't have the time, but you know, we're also big on, um, automate, delegate, eliminate, you know, that's what we're really kind of getting into also for a well-oiled machine and then also do what you're good at. And then also, you know, let all the people do the other stuff that is more of kind of, you know, the, you know, kind of ticky tacky type, um, you know, things that you have to do to keep your business alive, but you should be out there marketing and selling all the time. And that's kind of what we do as the principles. Nice. I like that. I like, you know, I know that as entrepreneur myself, you know, it's always hard to let go of things that, you know, that you don't realize that they could be done better than no matter how good you are at them. You know, it's, it's a waste of your resource, meaning your energy and time. If you're doing them when you can hand them off to somebody else. Yeah, well, as real estate agents, you know, we do wear a lot of hats. I'm proud of the fact that I can do all of these things. I mean, I'm not a home inspector, but I know enough about homes to go into a home and look at it. I know enough about marketing and sales, and I know what attorneys do. And, you know, I know enough to be dangerous as far as financially, you know, talk about finances and, and all of this other stuff. The things that we, my day today, what I had to do with smoke detector inspections, making videos, you know, seller photos, all these things, the hats I had to wear today. But sometimes that's not the right use of your time. You should be doing things that are going to help you, you know, and, and you should be, you know, doing the top tier CEO stuff. That's not saying roll up, don't roll up your sleeves, don't help out your clients. I'm just saying there are certain things that you should be doing to help your clients that maybe you're not doing because you are doing certain things that you can delegate. Exactly. How would you say that the consumer's perception about agents and brokers has changed since when you first got in the business? Well, you know, I think the problem is we've always kind of been, you know, second tier to um, used car salesmen, right? It was like, oh, that person's going to sell me something that, 
you know, I don't want. Unfortunately, there are agents who are just not great, just like any other business where you say, okay, this person, whether it was, I don't care what it is, a dentist. Some people are like, I just don't like my dentist. I don't like my pool cleaner. I don't like my dog walker. And you, you know, so I think the perception now the fact that you know we are you are able to kind of meet your real estate agent online first i think people see me and they go oh i kind of know you and i say yeah because i have good exposure on social media so people know me sometimes before they meet me so i think the perception uh has kind of changed a little bit because you know before you met them it was you know you, you kind of had a mystery about what do real estate agents do we're kind of putting it all out there now like they there's agents who put all their stuff on social media and say this is a day in the life of the real estate agent so you know for better or for worse but at least people know how hard we work or what we do and what really you know uh see us or you know know like and trust us before we even meet them um so i think the perception is actually kind of turning around there's always going to be something that you know jars that i see people who come to me and say you know hey they're on an open house and i talk about you know what they should be doing and things like that and they go my agent never told me this and i said i don't want to step on your agent's toes but you know you know if they're not here or whatever maybe you should you know talk to someone else in their agency about helping you out but maybe they don't have the time for you but you know I have had conversations with people who feel like, okay, they just don't know. A lot of people, I didn't know my agent should be doing that, or I didn't know this. Um, so sometimes they rely on agents too much, but I think the perception is kind of getting better. I know personally, because I've met so many great people in this industry and I love the people in this industry and they, they keep me energized. They keep me creative. Uh, they make me happy. I feel good about when they do something that I'm the only person that sees that. And I go, wow, that person is, you know, such a great ethics and just a good person. They really help their clients out. And I love that feeling. I love seeing agents be successful and I love seeing agents do well for their clients. I applaud them because it's not an easy business. Uh, and hopefully their clients see that too. When people see how hard they work. Nice. And what, what would you say? Like if you had to pick out like certain drivers behind what might make a consumer have a negative you know, uh, connotation about agents and brokers with all the, you know, right now, obviously the biggest thing in the news is a, is a lawsuit for NAR. And then, and then I also saw that now some property management companies and property management software being sued, accused of uh, uh, conspiring to keep rents high. Like, what do you think are some of the drivers behind that whole sentiment? Well, do you, you know, do you think it's something we did as an, as an industry we do or you think it's just human nature? I don't see it. I really don't. I don't mean to feel seem naive or a cheerleader for the real estate industry because I will call, you know, people out if they're not doing the right thing. I'm a huge believer, once again, in helping, really helping people, rolling up your sleeves and understanding what someone's needs are. Um, I think what's happened over the last couple of years is that it has been easy for people. So they haven't had to form relationships. So it's kind of been this, you know, detachment of emotions. Uh, it's just been put the offer in. Oh, we got to take your inspection out. Oh, you got to take out your contingency. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then that's it. So I think a lot of times buyers have, you know, maybe feel like they didn't get the service that they wanted to. Um, you know, I, that's kind of what I would say is kind of the perception sometimes of this industry is that, you know, and then a lot of times I, you know, we get blamed for the, the prices. Oh, I can't believe, you know, the prices of the house you sell. Well, I don't set the market. I, you know, <laughs> it's supply and demand, right? If someone's willing to pay $800,000 for this, where two years ago was $700,000, you know, 
that's basically, I don't make the prices. I'm just giving people what they want and someone's willing to pay for it. As we know, something's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. It goes the other way too, where, you know, oh my God, you priced my house too high, or I thought you were going to get me this and then you got me this. Well, the market spoke to you, you know? So I think, you know, the good news is, is that you can kind of get the data pretty quickly to people, um, you know, but we live in a society where it's clickbait. You know, on I just saw something online. I forgot what it was, MSN or something, Yahoo or whatever, where it was like, you know, home sales, home prices are lower or whatever, or home sales are, you know, low. And then people were writing, well, the reason home sales are low is because, you know, the, you know, the rates are too high. Well, the amount of homes selling are low, but the competition is still there. So it was kind of very disingenuous, but I understand because it's kind of clickbait, right? You want to get the oh, click on this, especially if it's as home buying and real estate. People love that. So sometimes they get misinformed about or they have to read the fine print, not just look at the headline and make a judgment about what the article is about. So that that's a great that's a great point, especially about clickbait and touching on that. Being that you are, you know, from a marketing background, what would you say that the agents, what would you recommend an agent do with their social media, with their marketing to kind of change the positioning of if there is, if they happen to be running across some of the negative stuff that's out there that, you know, obviously you're a great service and you've built a nice reputation. You're, you're not seen, but that others may be seen in other markets. I would say number one, be genuine. That's number one, no matter what business you're in. So whether it's real estate or something else, if you if you're a fence person, you know, put yourself out there. Be genuine. We're we're all human. We know that we all put our socks one at a time on. You know, we trip down the stairs. You know, we walk in and you know we got something in our teeth. We got you know, I, you know, I, our shoes are scuffed. You know, we had a bad day. We went to the dentist. Whatever happened. We're also be genuine first and foremost. People will like you more if you are genuine. If you're trying to sugarcoat everything and make it all about you and go, you know, my day in the life of a realtor and I have my Starbucks coffee and here I am at this and my sweater looks great and everything. Okay, great. Sure. You don't want to show a house that's, you know, a mess and things like that, but don't make it really about you. Make it about giving someone value. Uh, and it's okay to not look 100%, you know, your best or whatever, because you want to give someone information. That's number one. Number two is, you know, the, as far as being genuine is add value, like stop talking about yourself. We have this whole problem with our industry. And I think this is why people perceive us as very narcissistic or, you know, the, or, you know, money grabbers or whatever is because the, a lot of things, the social media that we see is people, oh, I sold this house for a hundred grand over or $150,000 over. Yeah. Okay. But the next agent would have done the same thing with the same photos that you did. Don't pat yourself on the back too hard. I know you worked hard to get that listing and everything else, but it was more of an indication of the market and, oh yeah, you probably under underpriced the house. So maybe focus on that and say, maybe I should price houses better. So, you know, with that in mind, it's like, make something valuable. Don't just make it like everyone else. We have this kind of copycat situation where you, someone agent says, oh, you know, I did this and look how great I am at this business or look how, you know, the beautiful houses that I sell. What is the next agent looks at that and says, oh, I sell nice houses. Let me shout higher or louder. And this becomes noise. Be your own voice. 
And that's the great thing about this business. You will find your people. They will find you. If you are genuine, you will work with the people that, you know, are going to make your life easy because they know, like, and trust you. Um, and then they're going to feel good about working with you. So just be genuine. You don't have to be perfect. Another thing I would say is as far as perfection, just get it out there. I'm so glad about two or three years ago, I really started to do a lot of videos. I worked with a great coach. Uh, she was fantastic. And you don't have to be perfect. If I look at my first videos and and posts, I would cringe. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my God, what was, why am I yelling? Like be friendly, smile, like my hands are moving too much. All of these things that now, I still do that. I'm still my biggest critic, but you know, people are gonna judge you regardless of whether or not it's a good video or a bad video, it doesn't matter. Just get it out there, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nice, nice. So if you had to, cause I wanna do, um, um, my goal is to, like I said, use these interviews to help newer agents or anybody who's struggling or anybody who's, you know, one foot out the door because it's tough for them. If you had to give them one tactic, like one, like, you know, if they came to you and you can only give them one thing, one tactic that they could put into place to try to turn the ship around or, or to try to gain some traction, what would that one tactic be? I would say focus. I know it's easy to say, right? We have all these focus, motivation, mindset, whatever we say, we use these kind of big, you know, buzzwords. But when I say focus, there's so many ways to be successful in real estate. We use this term real estate, right? And someone will come to me and go, hey, Paul, can you help me with this building? No, I know nothing about that. Can you help me with this? Yeah, I can help you with that because that's my market. You know, what do you know about? They expect us to know all of these things. Focus on three or four things that maybe you have a little bit of experiencing or you feel comfortable with. Now you have to get out of your comfort zone every once in a while. Once again, put videos out there, get yourself out there. I'm sorry, we're just in that kind of, you know, uh, situation culturally and marketing, you kind of have to do it because you can have the, all the most knowledge that you have in your mind and, and on, in paper. If you don't put it out there, no one's gonna see it, then they're not gonna see you because they're on their phone. They are on laptops, they're on whatever they're looking at. So. Be the person in front of them, number one. Number two is whatever you're going to do, whether it's calling for sale by owners, whether it is hosting, you know, seller events or buyer events or client events or first time home buyer events, or you're going to do mail marketing, or you're going to be a door knocker, or you're going to do social media, or whatever, just do it. Just start doing it. Start sharpening your tools, sharpen three or four tools. Make them as you know sharp as possible. Get out there and do it and just do it. Stop procrastinating because stop looking what other agents are doing. Go, I need to do that. Oh, look at this guy. He's crushing it in rentals. You know, well, that's because he's been doing it for a while. She's been doing it for a while. She found a system. Find something that you like, something that interests you. Find a category or, you know, some kind of market that you're interested in and, and you know, talk to those people create a, a map to get to those people. What are their wants? What are their fears? What are their desires? And talk to them, interview people, understand what their needs are and create a plan to help them. And then when you create the plan to help them, start putting information out there because people will come back to you and go, thank you for the tip. I'm going to call you because you gave me that tip. So you don't have to keep everything to yourself. So once again, focus, find a couple of things that are going to work. They might not all work. One might be better. You might hate call, cold calling. I don't blame you. You might found for sale by owners or door knocking or neighborhood events. Just do something and stick with it and don't get frustrated if it doesn't work in the beginning because it's not going to work in the beginning. But then all of a sudden, six months later, a year later, you go, I'm really good at that. And that's really helped me. And then you'll start to see you know, that stuff 
you know, start to bear its fruit. Do not get caught up in, I need a quick fix now. I need leads tomorrow. Well, those leads are not going to be great. They're not. I'm sorry. Like those leads are not going to be great if you're looking at them from paying, you know, uh, a website or something to give you those leads. Those are people behind a screen. Figure out a way to really engage with people. Nice. That's all great information, man. And you are a wealth of knowledge. And like I said, I love that you're from the marketing background. Definitely, you know, um, I think it, I think it makes a big difference in, in how you run your business. And uh, in wrapping up, why don't you tell everybody again how, what areas you cover, how they can get a hold of you, and, um, you know, we can go yeah. from there. So I'm north of Boston. My company's True North Realty. Uh, you know, I do condos. I do rentals. I really focus on single-family home sales, um, you know, kind of the 93-95 belt. Once again, Reading, Massachusetts, and then, you know, a couple of towns a little bit further out than that. If you put, you know, a 10, 15-mile radius from there, that's really where my wealth of knowledge is, and that's where I can help people the most. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Paul, for coming on and giving all that good advice, and uh, I appreciate you. I really appreciate the opportunity. And once again, now that we've kind of connected and I see you are, the amount of information that you give out there, I love the fact that you are giving people positivity. You're giving them really good advice. You're giving them abundance. You're helping people. And I think that that really is, uh, you know, a reflection of who you are. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's just helping agents. And I love that. I'm kind of of the same mentality. Um, I just want to see people get better. I want to see real estate agents get better. And once again, I think you're doing a great job of that. And just in the short time I've known you and what I've watched and what I've read, uh, I'm really impressed. So thank you for this opportunity. Well, thank you for your kind words.